and welcome to the Creative Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Van Doren, and in this podcast, I talk with some of the most creative and inspiring people that I know. From hearing about their process to what holds them back from creating, routines and rituals, to the intersection between creativity and spirituality, you'll hear from writers, actors, singers, dancers, musicians, painters, multi-passionate creatives, and anyone else who considers themselves a creative soul. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Creative Soul Podcast. I'm so honored to have you here today. And before I get into this week's episode with this week's guest, I want to share an exciting announcement, and that is that our writing circles, our writing sessions are back. So I will be hosting a five-week writing circle this summer, July 11th through August 8th, 2022, where we will be meeting weekly on Monday evenings from 6.30 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And meetings will be recorded if you can't make it live and you still want to join us if you're coming from across the world or anything like that. But basically, these writing circles, these were something that I was hosting a lot in 2020 and a little bit of 2021 and have taken a little bit of a break. And now I'm feeling back and excited to write together again in community and have this really be a space to support your creativity and really just write, practice writing, practice the art of writing. So if you've ever done the morning pages, Julia Cameron's work, which we love on this podcast, or if you know Natalie Goldberg, who I talked about in a couple episodes ago, you'll know what writing practice is. And if you don't, that's totally okay. But if you want to get into the art of writing and connecting with yourself through journaling, through writing, and practice writing. Do writing practice, which is a beautiful practice where we really get out of our own way, get out of our own minds, and allow our creativity to channel through using the art of writing. So if you want to know more about what a writing practice looks like, what this writing circle might look like, check out an episode I posted a couple months ago called Writing Practice, which includes a guided writing meditation so you can kind of check out my style and see if that's something that you that would support you in your creativity journey so you can check out that episode and listen to that meditation and see if you vibe with that style it's going to be a summer session so it'll be themed around summer and just really be light playful fun joyful and really get to just have a space to write in community and In the past, the people that have come to my writing workshops have written poetry books, have written books, have sparked new ideas, and so it's really a great creativity incubator. So I'm super excited to be bringing those back. Wanted to let you all on the podcast know first before I announce to my larger community, but just wanted to offer that for you. If you're interested in writing practice and joining these writing circles, you can sign up at the link below. I'll have that link in the show notes. And then if you have any questions about this upcoming writing circle summer session, just let me know. You can DM me on Instagram at Leah Van Doren or email me leahvandoren at gmail.com. So I hope you will join us for our summer writing circles. But that's the perfect segue to this week's episode, Carrie Lynn Catone. So Carrie is a New York City-based freelance writer and performing artist. As a copywriter and strategist, she works with creative entrepreneurs and small businesses to develop their brand voice and craft high-converting messaging to support their business. 
She also writes a weekly newsletter sharing writing tips, content inspiration, and personal stories about life as a creative freelancer. So I so much enjoyed talking to Carrie. She is not only a writer, and we got to kind of geek out about writing, which will be really fun as you're listening to this episode, but we talk about her work in copywriting and how she was able to transition from a career as a performing artist into a copywriting career and how she really balances and navigates the multi-hyphenate artist life and how she found her skills that she learned in theater and her she learned in her performance training and how that really translated to a successful copywriting career. So I think this episode is really valuable for those of us who kind of want to do it all, who have uh, creative careers or who want to have a creative career or who want to translate some of the skills that we have learned in other industries and bring it to a different industry. Um, I think it's really important to remember that we can do it all if we want to do it all. And also that the skills that you learn in whatever industry you, you know, studied or whatever, those can always translate to a new world if you're willing to create a new story and frame those in a different way. So it was really fun talking to Carrie. I feel like we were just two friends hanging out and chatting. We chat a lot about work and being a creative at work and the pressures that we feel and pressuring your creativity and how you need to allow space for your creativity. So it's just a really fun and good one. And I know you will enjoy this episode with Carrie. Hello, Carrie. Thanks so much for coming on the Creative Soul Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. I feel like, I mean, we were chatting before this and I just want to keep chatting to you. So I'm excited. But the first question that I always start off with is what is currently fueling your creative soul? Mm. Okay. Two things are coming to mind. One kind of inspired by you. I started just journaling in a way where I'm just writing to my soul. So I'm saying like, dear soul, and then just spilling how I'm feeling that day. It's really fun. And also like on days that are really hard, it just helps ground me and recenter me. And, you know, I've had like a up and down journey with journaling, I would say, where I'm more consistent sometimes than I am others. But gosh, like every time I go back to it, I'm like, why do I ever stop? Because it's such a great tool. So I would say that. And then there's also this podcast called the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. And I found it a few months ago. And that's just been like a really great source of inspiration and fun and grounding source for me to, to tap into my creative heart and soul. Mm, I love that. Wait, is that Andy Piazza? Yes. Oh, cool. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I actually have never listened, but I've seen it. So that sounds so cool. And I love what you said about journaling. I want to hear more about, cause there's, it's not so often that I get to talk to other like writers and I think mm-hmm. everyone, and I, it's, I was actually just having a conversation with someone about the idea of writing because I teach writing workshops, but I wouldn't even call them writing workshops because it's not about writing. Like writing is just the practice that we use to to like the practice that we use to teach us about mindfulness and and spirituality and getting in touch with our souls. But because I think when people think of like, oh, I'm a writer, I'm not a writer. Like, I don't know. Some people just have some of those like, oh, I I don't write or like, I don't know. I think Mm -hmm. writing is one of those weird things. And I don't get to talk to like writers very often or like journaling, like journalers where journaling is a big, is a big practice for them. And I think even the delineation between, well, are you a writer who journals or are you a writer who writes? 
are you a writer who writes books? Are you a writer who copyrights? Like there's mm-hmm. just so, so much under the umbrella of writing. So I'm so excited to talk to you about your writing journey and yeah, yeah how you journal and what your process is. So will you tell us a little bit about what writing means to you? What kind of writing you've done in the past? What is your relationship to writing mm-hmm. and what you're doing now? So big question to start off with, but yeah. Okay. So I would say I didn't even consider myself a writer until about three years ago, not even. I had always journaled as a practice on and off, I would say, in my more adult life, like since graduating college, just as a tool, honestly, to to handle anxiety. And that's something I've always kind of dealt with. And I had a, a counselor once just kind of recommend it to me. So I would say that outside of you know school assignments was my entryway into writing. And I don't know. I, I think it's funny how you say that. People are like, I'm not a writer. I hear that a lot, especially even with my copywriting clients. They're like, oh, I need you because I'm just not a writer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, neither was I. You know, I think that I just kind of decided to start. And I knew like I can always edit this. And I think that is the biggest thing is knowing that you can go back and you can make it better, especially with creative writing or copywriting. And with journaling, like no one has to see it. So who cares? Like, I mean, mine is so messy and there's not like the language is this like beautiful poetry. It's just, it's like stream of consciousness. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So I, a few years ago, you know, was journaling just as for fun as a writer. And then when the pandemic hit is when I found my way into copywriting and yeah, one of those artists that suddenly didn't have any show to audition for and anything Anything I knew before was taken away. And I know a lot of people, I'm sure that listen to this can relate to that. So I went to my parents' house in Ohio and I sat down and I was like, I have nothing to do. (laughs) What should I do? And it was just kind of a blessing in disguise for me because I was able to really take a seat and just listen to my heart and figure out what I, what I wanted to try, you know, like it wasn't this big decision. Like I'm going to do something else now and forever. And it's going to be this, it's just like, what can I try? This is all, I never had time. And now suddenly I have time. And so what can I try to do and see, you know, what I might be really great at or what I could use my gifts for. So, you know, that was kind of the beginning of the journey. And then there was a lot of really helpful and generous people along the way. But I kind of figured out with like things that I like to do and the skills that I felt like I was, you know, really best at and hard and soft skills. I kind of figured out like, wow, okay, there's this thing called copywriting where you get to write words that represent someone's brand and you get to, you know, take on their voice and sell what they do, but in a really creative and like storytelling driven way. I was like, that sounds really cool. It sounds kind of like playing a character and getting to know a character and diving in and then getting to deliver that. So that's how I found it. And then that's kind of where I guess I started officially considering myself a writer. And even then feeling like, I don't know what I'm doing, but just using the resources around me. And again, I say that I always went back to that, like, just get it on the page and you can always edit it. You can always go back. You can always make it sound better, but just get it out. So that's kind of, that's kind of my, I'd say like go-to whenever I'm stuck, I'm like, just get it out. (laughs) Yeah. That's such good advice because I think that's the hardest thing is starting and the hardest is like getting over that hump. And then once you, you know, there's all those, those like hacks of like, right, you just have to start. So just promise yourself 
you're going to do it for one minute and then you do it for one minute and you realize, okay, that wasn't so bad. Let me do it for another minute. And like, you can kind of work your way up from there. And I love that you were able to identify because I know that you come from a theater background and Mm -hmm. I do as well. And I think going and did you go to school for theater you went to I did yeah yeah Yeah, so did I and I feel like it when you go to college for theater they don't teach you like they teach you such valuable skills that really can be used in any industry Mm -hmm. and I love that you were able to take the skills that you had developed as an artist as a Mm -hmm. creative person and still see it you know in this way where you can tell story like you can still tell stories through different mm-hmm. mediums and copywriting is such a beautiful vehicle to be able to tell stories and, and I think marketing in a sense and brand management and all of that stuff all it is is like telling a story and that's and that's what they teach you in acting school too like they teach you to be your own brand like you as a person being a brand which I think exactly. is so interesting how that then really you know it 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 relates to so many other industries. And so, yeah, I'm curious for you, like when you were sitting down and kind of discovering your hard and soft skills, like how, what was the process like of, of realizing that you had more to give than telling stories on a stage? Like how, what was that process of figuring out, oh, there are other ways that I can use my gifts? Yeah, I would say I, first of all, had a leader, like a coach kind of in, in my corner. So I took a workshop that Lily Torre led and it was about finding your parallel career for artists, which she had been talking about and, you know, inspiring people to do for years before the pandemic. And before this like multi-hyphenate, multi-passionate lifestyle has really like taken off, which I'm obsessed with, but I always felt so beholden to my dream, like this thing theater that I had given everything to since I was six years old. And I was like, I wanted nothing more than to figure out how to like not have to bartend between gigs or not have to just like grind auditioning and feel like that disappointment. But I also didn't know how to not do that. And so for me, I really needed community and the timing of it worked out and got to be a part of, you know, that first group that went through her workshop. and. Yeah, I I think really just getting curious and paying attention. I was like, okay, what, I mean, the tiniest little things. I think I, there was even prompts, like ask the people around you, like what they notice about you or it might've been more specific than that. But I remember talking to my mom and she said something like, you've always been so good at just like repeating a story. Like you go watch a movie and then you can just give me like the summed up version of why it was amazing. And this is exactly what happened. Kind of take me on the journey in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, you're right. That is something that I like enjoy doing. And also I'd say like, I'm pretty good at, but I don't know what I could do with that. And then you just have to go deeper and deeper. And I think I actually had heard of another artist becoming a copywriter. And now that I'm in the industry, a lot of people within like the performing artist industry have kind of made their way into marketing in general, but especially copywriting, I would say, and content writing, which makes total sense. But I realized like, oh, there's this job where my, I would literally just listen to everything someone said and ask them a zillion questions and then take it and bottle it up and make it 
sound really good, make it really exciting to, to read top to bottom and then deliver it to them as an outsider, as someone who maybe isn't the expert in that industry or isn't the person whose head is like so into it. I mean, you might be familiar if you've like tried to write your own bio, you're like, oh my gosh, like this is impossible. It's like the same idea. And I have those things too. I mean, writing my own copy, I could just slam my head against the computer. It's so hard. But when you can, you know, take a step away and do it for someone else, that's kind of, that was one example I can think of where I was like, huh. And you wouldn't think that it wasn't a direct line, like, oh, I should be a copywriter, but it is really going deep and getting curious about those little things, asking the people around you and like being vulnerable enough to do that. And then just seeing where it takes you. Mm, I love that. And I love even this idea of you talking about us not really being able to like see our own stories because (sighs) we're living the story. So it's really hard for us to be that outsider and to understand the story of what's happening. So your example of like, yeah, it's really hard to write your bio because how do you write your own bio versus if I told you or someone else, oh, here, you know, I'm Leah, here are the things that I've done, here are the things that I like to do. It's like, you would be able to kind of thread out that story so much quicker just from having that outside perspective, which I think is just really cool to remember in all parts of life. Even, even as we talk a lot of, we talk a lot about on this podcast, like kind of self-development work. And mm-hmm. I've talked personally about my journey being in therapy. And I realized that like, even in being, being in therapy and all of this, like mindset work is kind of that same idea of like, well, we're just so stuck in our own stories that we can't see the, like, what, what is, <laughs> what's the actual story versus someone else, like a therapist or a coach or, a, you know, mm-hmm. whoever on the outside looking in can kind of look at that from that bigger picture in a much easier way. So for some reason that kind of connected for me, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I love <laughs> um, that. Yeah. But I'm curious to hear about, cause I, I think copywriting is so cool based off what you said too, about like really discovering a brand story or like what, what story are they trying to tell? And then turning that into creative words that will then draw people in and get people excited Mm -hmm. and like paint the picture. So Mm -hmm. will you tell us about what your specific process is with copywriting and like, yeah, what lights you up about it? What is hard about it? And some of that kind of stuff. Okay. So the process that I go through, it's pretty lengthy, but Basically I'll sit down with the client and we will have a list of like a zillion questions and I will just have them monologue to me. I mean, answer everything from, you know, what fires you up about, you know, the product or service that you're providing and into like, you know, I'll let them go as far as they want to go. They can go into like, oh, well, when I was a kid, this happened to me and then it kept haunting me or I was sitting in my cubicle and I couldn't stop thinking about this. And then, I just thought I care about this enough to go out on my own and, and create something that, that, you know, will serve an audience and serve a certain industry. And so a lot of the, the folks that I work with are creative entrepreneurs or just entrepreneurial spirits. They've, you know, they're coaches, they are web designers, people that are providing a service for anyone that might hire them, kind of like what I do for someone else. So in that same vein. Yeah. So we'll ask, I'll ask a zillion million questions. And from there, I have kind of like a template that I've developed over the years and I take it page by page. We start at the homepage and 
actually, I, would, I should say before I even start writing, I do a lot of research and discovery about not only that person or their, their brand or their industry, but also just like everything that surrounds it. I mean, competitive analysis and just getting into the nitty gritty. I even make lists of like words they used a lot when they were talking. I stalk them on Instagram, like to the point where it's creepy and they're like, why is she popping up first? <laughs> every time the first person to see everything, but it's a part of the job. And that's kind of really how you, you are able to put the personality into it. But then, yeah, I take it piece by piece. I start with the homepage and I kind of have an outline of what is most important needs to be included in order to make it, you know, really effective mm-hmm. and go through each. It's usually, you know, a homepage, a services page, an about page, contact page. Oftentimes if there's other offerings like a shop or stuff like that. And yeah. And I go piece by piece. And I'd say that the biggest thing that's been a a learning curve for me, just coming from the artistic point of view into the copywriting industry has been like understanding how you convey how their audience is going to, is experiencing pain. So it's not just the beautiful words that make you like, oh, this would be fun to have. It's like, oh, this, this brand or this person understands what I'm struggling with. And so much so that like, I just have to inquire or I just have to buy it. And so that is a huge part of painting that picture of really, really listening to and understanding what the audience needs and how this person solves that problem. Kind of like, you know, speaking to the pain before you reach, you know, the product and the benefits and why this person's really cool and fun to be around. So that's kind of been an interesting journey and more of that like marketing speak, but so important because there's a lot that the world and like all these different industries industries offer. So you really have to zero in on like, this is why you need this one. This kind of person needs this. Mm. So yeah, that's kind of the process. I deliver a draft. We do some edits and tweaks from there. And then usually after a round or two of that, it's ready to go to design. Wow. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. This idea. Cause I, I think I've heard that the, the, the marketing idea where it's like, you have to really understand your client or your customer's pain point. And that's so interesting to think about it. I mean, and that's really all copy is mm-hmm. really of like trying to show that you understand where they've been, like that you're, that you felt exactly what they felt or yeah. anything like that. So that's so interesting to think of it in a writing context too, because, and I think writing and language and just the way that we communicate is so fascinating for so many different reasons. But I think when you just think of that as a whole, and then you think about all of the different ways that that, like that people and brands and marketing is speaking to you. And I know mm-hmm. that, I think maybe you mentioned this when we had spoke previously, but just once you're kind of, once you start paying attention to all of like the marketing that's around us, you start to see it everywhere. And so yes. when you talk about some of those experiences of like, things that you've started to notice or just realizing how much it's in our face all the time. Yeah. I'm curious about that. (laughs) Yeah. I think what I've noticed more than anything, and you were kind of just hinting on hinting at this before is like, the ads that really work are empathizing with the audience or whoever it's made for. And, and that's another, I guess, soft skill that will translates for a lot of you know, artists or creative people or creative souls, like, you know, usually you're pretty empathetic and you can walk in someone else's shoes. So let me see. Okay. I remember, um, there was a, there was a subway ad and I think it was for Google pay 
but it was something like phone, you know how people will like leave the house and they're like phone keys, wallet. And it was something like phone keys, but like, or keys, phone, nothing else because you can pay using your phone. And it was like, it caught my eye and I was like, oh, it, it sounds so simple. It's literally two words. There might've been a line underneath it as well. It's literally two words, but I was like, wow, they understand that like, when you forget your wallet, you're it's over. Like you have to go back home. And if you're a New Yorker, you know what that means. And it's not easy. And so things like that can be so effective. And you do, I start to notice them everywhere. And then you'll notice ones where you're just like, yeah, that didn't really do anything for me. And maybe it's because it's not made for me, but it is interesting. And it's all over the place. I mean, especially living in New York city where there's just an ad on every corner of every sign of everything. But yeah, that's when I can think of where I was like, geez, that's so simple. And I guess that's also something I've learned is like being brief isn't always a bad thing. (laughs) Yeah. Keeping it concise. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I feel like that's just fun to start to like, yeah, just think about the language that people are using. And yeah, I've, I've discovered some like brands, more like small businesses, but small businesses and brands that I'm in love with simply Mm -hmm. because of the way that they describe their product, because like they use sensual language. And I realize that I'm a sensual person that like wants to touch and feel and taste and Mm -hmm. smell and see. And it's like, when they use that kind of languaging, I'm like, I'm sold. Like, Like I will buy it right now. So it's so interesting. The language that we use can influence a person, not, not in a bad way, but like yeah, get someone, get someone to buy something, I guess, which is the whole point. Yeah. I mean, it's like, there's a, I certainly feel like there's a fine line and it's important to me to never feel like you're like manipulating anyone, but that really comes from a place of truth. Like this is really going to be beneficial to you because of this, if you choose to engage and like, you know, you can take it or leave it, but but yeah, there is a fine line there because I do think there's some like gross sides of the marketing industry that might lean more toward that, that way. And always as a consumer too, I'm always trying to, to think in that way of like, okay, am I trying to buy something to like fill a void or do I really want this? (laughs) So that's just a whole nother layer. Totally. That mindfulness and discernment. And also I think that's where a lot of maybe creative entrepreneurs do get tripped up. I I know I've felt Mm -hmm. this. I know I've heard other people talk about it. This idea of like, well, I don't want to just like this fear of like selling to people and feeling salesy or gross or like, there's just like a lot of negative connotation with that versus, and this is something I always really preach is that your creativity is a gift, which Mm -hmm. means that what you have to offer is a gift. And so the way that you can reach people with that gift, like through words, through marketing, through whatever it is, if you're not do, if you're not doing that, then you're holding back your gift that you could be giving and people can really be benefiting from. And so that goes back to understanding people's pain points because Mm -hmm. you're trying to solve, you're offering something to help them solve their pain point, which that is such a gift. Like we need more of that and more ideas and more people, you know, creating businesses and, and marketing and what they have to offer because what, what they have to offer is a gift and for a certain set of people and maybe not for everyone, but like it's so important that we listen to that instead of, instead of coming, instead of like coming it at from that perspective that it's like, Oh, I don't want to be manipulative. I don't want to like lie to people. I don't want to, 
yeah, manipulate their emotions or whatever it is. So that's just interesting too. Yeah. I love that. I think, I think especially for artists and and creative people in general, it's just like, it's so personal to us that it can feel a little bizarre to like share it. But I know for me, like just on the audition grind, I'm sure you understand this too. It just felt like you always had to be chosen in order to give it out. So then you have to really flip the script and be like, no, I can use these creative skills as a career in this way and invite people to take part in it and they can take it or leave it. But like, if I were to have continued to just kind of hold it in or not allow myself to really go there, you know, I just know my life wouldn't be as full and, and it would be, you know, it's a process. It can always change and evolve. I guess like I'm always saying that because I'm like, Hmm, I wonder if I'll still be copywriting 20 years or if it'll be a different version of this. And I think that's the most important thing. I always felt like every decision was so final Mm -hmm. and I would just say that like for creative people that can be really stifling. So we can always remember that like everything is an experiment and Mm. you're, you're, if you're really good at something, you can still sell it. You can still do it and people can pay you and you deserve to be paid for, you know, the gift that you have and the, and the, I'd say the value that you're bringing to the table. Mm. And that can always change and grow because I also feel like creative souls and creative people just are always excited to learn something new and try something new. And that's beautiful. You know, I, it's, it's an interesting, you know, like juxtaposition, but it works. It really does. Yeah. Oh, I'm so, yeah. I'm so glad you said that. Cause that's so true that even thinking about more like, you know, if you're a singer or if you're an actor or a dancer, it's like, you're giving part of your soul that mm-hmm. yes, people will pay for. And it's like, sometimes it does feel weird to like expect money in return for the gift that you want to give but that is unfortunately the world we live in now where that is how we exchange goods and services and our capitalistic society and we all need to live and it's like absolutely absolutely the value of that is so much more than you can even really put a number on but Mm -hmm. but yeah understanding that that there is so much value that. So that just, I love that, but it makes me kind of come to the idea. And I know you've mentioned this before too, but like multi-hyphenates and multi-passionates. And I'd love to hear you talk more about that and how that's kind of like how you've been able to navigate some of that, some of the difficulties that have come up. Cause I know a lot of people and myself included. And I think a lot of creative people do where it's like, we're so passionate about so many different things. There's so many things where our skills and experiences can translate to, like there's so many different things we could be doing. Mm -hmm. So how do, how have you navigated that? What has that journey been like for you? It's a journey. (laughs) Um, That's I'll start with that. (laughs) It is a journey. It is that we we have not arrived at any sort of destination, but yeah, you know, I just think that the the hardest thing for me is is kind of what you were the direction you were going with it. Like I do love so many different kinds of things in so many different areas. Like I truly do have all these different passions, but sometimes that is so overwhelming that I just can't do anything at all and I'm just like, "Mm-mm, I'm good." Like I or I'm sitting down trying to do something and it feels impossible because my brain is like, but what about this? But what about this? Mm. And so that is definitely something I'm still navigating. I mean, yesterday I simply could not get a task done because I don't know. I don't know. I was just being pulled from it. And uh, I joked my, I've been saying this to my friends for like years, but I, 
I have these days every once in a while that I'll just call like a wash day. Mm. And sometimes like if you feel so pulled in a zillion different directions and you can't seem to get anything done and like you've tried everything, you've shut your computer and gone on a walk, you've worked out, you've, I don't know, you've eaten a great meal, you went and got ice cream, you had a coffee, like you tried everything you could think of and it didn't work. Just go to bed and try tomorrow, you know, like (laughs) just it's okay because I think we can just like torture ourselves trying to push through and just like, no, you have to, you have to. So that's something that I found, like sometimes I'll just be like, it's a wash day. Okay. I'll try again tomorrow. And I always feel that like, for example, today, yesterday was like that. And today I am doing much better. I was able to get it done and move on. So I would say like, I, I always keep that in mind. And I think, I think the thing for me, when it comes to all the different passions is just knowing that there's, there's no deadline. And that was a really hard thing for me to admit or come to terms with, especially as like, you know, when COVID hit, you know, being in my mid twenties and being like, Oh, like how much longer will I play an ingenue? How much all these like, you know, toxic thoughts that will kind of taught and are all around us within the theater industry, but also the entertainment industry at large, I would say, and just realizing that it's okay. And, and it's okay to press pause. It's okay to press pause forever. It's also okay to press pause and come back to it. And it's also okay if I decided tomorrow, like I can't copyright anymore. I would need to figure out a way to make money. But if I decided tomorrow to to press pause on that and go full force back into acting, I could, you know, in the most responsible way I could find to do that, I could do that. Um, So it's just, for me, it's just always coming back to that idea. But I mean, I'm going to tell you, like, there's some days where I just feel like, how am I ever going to do it all? How am I ever going to be able to like sing in concert and certs concerts and maybe, you know, go on a theater contract and also keep up with these clients. You know, like, I feel like I'm getting to a point where my business is really full and I feel really excited about that, but like, there's only so much time in the day. And so taking the temperature and just seeing where it leads me, you know, day by day, week by week, month by month, whatever it looks like, just making sure I'm never just numbing out and going back to like an autopilot of like, well, I decided I'm doing this now and I just have to keep doing it. So that's kind of the mindset I try to keep around it. But like I said, it is such a journey. There are good days and bad days. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I appreciate your honesty around that because I think Mm -hmm. that's so important to remember that it's such there's so, so, you know, there's seasons for everything. And Mm -hmm. I so appreciate you kind of taking that and understanding that there's seasons for everything. So it's like, okay, this is a beautiful season of you building your business and having your business being really full and supporting, you know, these clients. And Mm -hmm. that's not to say that the theater stuff or the acting stuff or whatever you want to do won't happen. It's like, hopefully our lives are long and even if they're not, it's like really tuning into what is serving you in, in that season mm-hmm. and honoring that season. That's something that I talk a lot about with creativity, because I think you're so right that there are these days where we can, you know, really get everything done and check off our to-do list. And there are days just where it just won't happen. Like I yeah. totally resonate with that. And I think so many people can, and instead of beating ourselves up because we're expected to show up every, you know, it's like the old paradigm way of like, yeah, we're expected to show up Monday through Friday, 
from nine to five or whatever kind of job you have, but you're expected to show up every day and like complete the same amount of work, the same every day. And I'm like, that's just not realistic for human beings because every day I'm different. And if there is a day where I'm like, oh my gosh, it's, I feel like I'm like dragging myself uphill and can't complete anything on my list. It's not that it won't get done. It will absolutely get done, but it might not get done in this moment. And tomorrow, if I come at it with fresh eyes, I feel so much better about it. I'm able to like, like the amount of stuff you're able to get done when you're in those focus flow sessions is incredible. So it's like, if we just gave ourselves that space to be like, it's okay to take space. It's okay to take a day off in the middle of the week, because that's actually going to make us more productive, more creative, more inspired. And I think that, and I, maybe you can speak on this too, but I think that's what, you know, even as a copywriter, but really in any profession, in order to have creativity and new inspiration and ideas, you need space. Like you cannot create without, without having that space because creativity is the embodiment of all that is in the universe, which is that like masculine doing energy, but also the feminine being energy. And so I always find that for myself, for people that I talk to, for all of these creative people and really just everyone on earth, because we're all creative, that we do need space. We do need time to step away. And I wish that our like work world, and I think we're going, we're moving towards a direction where that is getting more and more talked about, but I wish that that would be more understandable or understood in our world that it's like, I can't show up nine to five and just sit here and work. Like I need to go, I I need to either take a walk or sometimes I can't even complete my work for the day because I'm just done. And no no matter what I do, it's nothing's going to help it. So tomorrow I can handle it. And maybe if it's not tomorrow, the next day, like we just need to be allowing ourselves to take more time, which I think that's really what, what that's all about. So, yeah. 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 And I think I always, you know, to be honest, will feel a tendency to compare and I'll be like, geez, those people, you know, you're scrolling on Instagram and I'm like, goodness, like they got a lot done today. And here I am scrolling on Instagram. (laughs) Like this is what's wrong with me. Mm. And I'll feel that way. Sometimes I'll be like, is there something wrong? Or am I just, what is that? And I think you just have to give yourself grace. I mean, and understand that everybody's different and you just don't, you truly don't know what's going on in anyone's life to make them have a super productive day that they even had the time to post about it on Instagram. Like that's totally. amazing for them, <laughs> but, but you know, everyone is in there in a different situation. And I agree with you. I think everyone has a creative side and I, and I think it would be unfair to compare someone who's really trying to, to feed that soul and listen to that soul and someone who maybe is like shut it down a little bit or, or had, has decided to go a different route with it. And, and their, you know, level of quote unquote productivity might look different than yours. I know for me, like, I think I underestimated how creative this, this career path that I decided to take would be in copywriting. And I realized like, I cannot take on too much at once because it drains me. And, you know, not every moment of every day do I feel like I can just clickety clack on the computer and, and write the most beautiful copy. It's, it's just like, yeah, it's just not going to happen. It doesn't even matter how great that week might be going and how good I might feel or any of like all of the other things that might have to align in order to feel like you're in a really good place to do a good, good work. If I've taken on too much, like just 
my creative soul is drained. And then I feel a little bit more upset about, you know, I'll, I'll fall into those holes of like, do I even want to be doing this? Is this even fun anymore? Do I even, you know, and or like, I haven't even thought about singing. And that's because I haven't really like actually fed the soul itself. I've just said yes to too much and I've emptied it out. Mm-hmm. So that part is again, like some, uh, no, a journey and a learning experience, like all of that, I, I, I totally underestimated, like, this isn't like writing a paper or researching, you know, even, even I would say like journalism is a little bit different in the way that it can be more facts driven hard in its own right. But it's not so much, I just got to pump it out. It's like, no, I have to have a good idea. (laughs) And, and so there's not really like a, a foolproof follow this, this template and this prompt and you'll have the perfect results. So I have to leave space to think and be creative and like actually not type anything and just think about it. And that's something I've learned along the way too. Mm, Yeah. That's so important because when you're in a career that's using your creativity, like that takes so much creativity and so much Mm -hmm. originality to be able to think of ideas and to execute them and in a way that makes sense. And on all of those different things, it's like, yeah, that's so interesting. Like, can we demand our creativity to show up? And it's like, we (laughs) (laughs) we can try and we can do things that maybe help support our creativity to show up, but our creativity is just, that's so interesting. So what do you do in those moments where and maybe the answer is where you kind of just step away and, and come at it the next day. But what do you do in those moments is if like, let's say you're on a deadline and you have mm-hmm. to show up, but it's just not happening. Like what, what have you done in those situations? I do my best to, you know, I think another part of that I've just learned throughout this process is I try to start early. I've, I've left more time. I'm not going to say I, I can't have your website copy to you in a week let alone like a month. I probably need four weeks to complete it, especially because I have other projects I'm doing as well. And these documents end up being 20, 30 pages long. You know, it's crazy. So there's lots of spacing and formatting, but you get it. It's like a lot. And then the editing process is a whole other thing in and of itself where I have to make sure that the grammar is correct. (laughs) So I, I do my best to give myself a lot of time to have that day where maybe it's not showing up and I have to do something else instead or even not do anything. But I would also say, I mean, I don't make a habit of it, but there's been a couple of times where I'm just like, Hey, this isn't going to happen by end of day, Friday, it'll be in your inbox by Tuesday morning. Mm -hmm. And I, and maybe I'll work a little bit on the weekend and, you know, like see if I can get the juice flowing on a Saturday or whatever it takes. But if it's not all coming together, those last couple of days, it's okay. It's, it's, if I've learned anything, it's just like simply not the end of the world. And they're not reading through this and adding their comments in Google, in Google docs on a Friday at 5 PM. Anyway, that's, that's for sure. So yeah, I think there are no rules and there's a way to do it, you know, gracefully. And again, you know, I don't want to be known as the person that always, you know, misses a deadline, but it's every once in a while, it's okay. It is it is going to be okay. And that's, I've just kind of like made peace with that. And that's all you can do. Yeah. You can't force it out and you wouldn't want to put something in front of someone that you weren't really proud of anyway. I think my like integrity around that would matter more to me than meeting the exact time. Right. Meeting the arbitrary time that you set, which like everything 
yeah, it's okay. I love, I love that just simple takeaway because that's can be applied in so many different things where we make things seem like a bigger deal than they are. And, oh and I gosh. found that to like, you know, of course everyone can relate to that. And I, even in like a regular work setting where the work that I do, I work for a creative company. I work for a theater, but the work that I do for the theater is not particularly creative. It's mm -hmm. numbers, it's whatever. And, you know, sometimes it's like, I've had to learn in myself and I, and I don't know if this is like taught societally or where we pick this behavior up, but like this idea that we need to respond right away, or we need to, you know, seem available or not available. And like, there's all these just like micro moments where I found myself mm -hmm. kind of like pressuring myself or being like, well, I told, you know, I told you I'd get this to you today. So I have to do it when it's like, no, it's okay. Like, it's all okay. If it all takes way more time than you thought it's okay. Because like, and especially in our climate of our world, like we have to also keep in mind everything else that we're <sighs> navigating behind the scenes internally, you know, all of our world. It's like, everyone needs a little more grace and space right now. And yeah. that's just so important to remember. Yeah. And I also, if you think about the reverse, like, okay, if someone, if an email popped into your inbox where they were like, Hey, I'm having a, a hard time with this. I think I just need a couple more days to think on it, but it will be back. And I will be with you shortly on this. Thanks so much for your patience. Would you ever just like be so mad. No, of <laughs> yeah, course you'd never. be like, oh, okay, thank you for letting me know. And you'd move on, you know? Totally. And, and if that isn't the reaction from the person receiving a message like that, then that's not really the people you want to be doing business or working with anyway. Really? Yeah. And so, you know, you do your best to to finish it up and and then dust yourself off and you learn from that too. But it's like I, we're so hard on ourselves. And I think especially like creatives, you know, maybe entering a business world or like some form of the business world in a different way. And it's just like, everyone is just a person and everyone is just doing their best. And all you can do is be honest and clear and show up the best you can, given the circumstances that you're in. Mm, yeah, that's so beautiful to remember. And that's so true that if, if you got a message like that, honestly, that would just give me the permission to be able to do the same. It's like, yes, you know, receiving something like that, like, oh, you can do that. Like, that's something that you can do. Of okay. course you can. Like you said, there's <laughs> no rules. So yeah. And if, and if someone does have a bad reaction, then, then maybe find a way to get out of there. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'd love to talk about what inspires you just in not even necessarily related to copywriting or writing, or maybe related to writing, but just in general, like what what are those things that you reach for that when you are trying to fill that creative well, like what are things that can really inspire you and fill up your cup when you're trying to fill up your cup when it's been drained? Mm -hmm. I'd say in terms of inspiration, um, I mean, I love podcasts. I love like audio as a storytelling medium. And so I, I like to get lost in something like that. It doesn't have to have anything to do with, you know, business or copywriting. Although I learned a lot from stuff from podcasts like that too, but just like pop culture podcasts or, you know, like some, some true crime story. I mean, those kinds of things, I think it inspires me because when they're done really well, it's like taking you on a journey. You feel like you're reading a book, which is, which is amazing. And reading is something I feel like I've had a complicated relationship with because I read on a screen all day long. And then I feel like, Oh, I don't want to pick up a book, but I kind of go in and out of phases. Summer is usually my time to like really read. And I just started picking it back up again. So I'm feeling good about that. And, um, I would also say just 
unplugging. And when I mean that, I mean, like, if I need to be, get some inspiration or get some like flow going, I just mean like making myself sit in a quiet and like maybe go sit on a bench and not do anything and not have my, my AirPods in and not look at my phone. It is so hard, but it's like the best way. And I would say the, the only way to really tune in to like what's going on inside for me. And then I would say just like to get me, you know, I don't know, like refreshed and rejuvenated. My family doesn't live here, but I'll like FaceTime my nephew and that will just like, just remind me why life is just not that serious. And children just remind us that everything is not as deep as we make it out to be. I feel like that's always a great reminder. And yeah, just fill up with the people around me, like go have a glass of wine with a friend or, you know, I'm, I would consider myself like pretty extroverted. So I usually fill up just kind of like, hanging out with people, listening to how their lives are going and telling them whatever story I have to tell and, and getting a really good night's rest. I love a 5 PM dinner and a bed by 10. Oh, Oh, I love that. (laughs) Ask me to meet you for dinner at five and I'll be like, say less. I will be there (laughs) five o'clock and I'll be home by eight and I'll be in bed by 10. (laughs) (laughs) That is perfect. Honestly, I was like, I feel like I always eat dinner, maybe between like five and seven. I don't understand when people eat dinner at like eight or nine. I'm like, I don't get it. I think that maybe that's more common in like Europe too, which they just have a different lifestyle over there. (laughs) But I'm like, how, I mean, I mean, if you, if it works for you, you do, it works for you, but that's. Yeah, I'm with that. you hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. I'm curious too. Cause I know you've lived in the city for a long time in New York mm-hmm. city and I'm just out of my own curiosity, wonder what your relationship is like to the city and, mm-hmm. and, and how you like living in the city and just, yeah. Tell us more about that. Um, yeah, that's such a great question. I feel like I don't get to talk about this a lot. It is like such a beautiful and I would say just interesting relationship. I went to school in New Jersey. And so that was, you know, 12 years ago. And then right after college, I moved to New York. So I've been here about eight years, which is just so crazy to say. I, I do feel like this is home. I um, am very close with my family back in Ohio, but I have found a way to kind of like create a family here, people that I can like actually touch and hug and, and be with on a regular basis. And I feel like very, very blessed to have that. And it's been just so fun to live here. Like even those, those early years where I was just like bartending and I didn't know what was going on or which way was up or down. I just had like really fun experiences and really fun stories and just, you know, um, just, just a lifestyle that I probably wouldn't have had if I stayed in the Midwest where things, I don't know, it, it might be a little bit less like this now, but like, there's more of a pressure to just kind of like graduate college and settle down and move on with your life, like grow up. And I would say like, I grew up a little slower and that's really fun. And that's why I love going to bed at 10 AM, at 10 PM now, <laughs> but it was just like great for me to, you know, just be, just meet all these different kinds of people that come from a variety of backgrounds and and have all these interesting stories. I, I went to private school in my life and, and like, you know, was raised with a lot of faith and that was beautiful, but 
everyone around me was the same. And so I had this, this like opportunity to just meet all these people that were so different than me and like how that informed my life and enriched my life. And honestly, even just like taught me more about myself and, and like, you know, just, just the unique parts of me that maybe I wanted to fit more in a mold before. And, and, and I felt free to not do that anymore. So it's been beautiful. I mean, it is so expensive (laughs) and that part is not something I'm so obsessed with and definitely has been the biggest challenge being here is just like being a grown person that, that can make enough money to like have a savings account. So that part has been wild, especially with like non-traditional work and like working in the gig economy. So I'd say that's been the biggest challenge, but I love it. I enjoy being here and I always try to take my temperature on it. So um, again, like I try nothing to never decide that anything is forever. And it is important for, for me to like see my family as much as possible. So I do take trips home and, you know, every couple of years, every year or so, every lease, I'm like, okay, is this still feeling like where I want to be? And I think I'll do that as long as, as long as I'm here, because it's definitely not worth it to be here unless you really want to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. And I love just you constantly, you bringing up this idea again of taking your temperature on it and really Mm -hmm. like checking in. Cause I think that's such an important practice that we can all do in all aspects of our life, whether where we're living, what we're doing for work, how we're making money, you know, if we're following our passions or not, it's like, just check in, like, how does it feel? And, and taking your information from that and moving forward from, from that space is so important. And yeah, I'd love to hear one of the questions I always ask everyone too, is like creative resources, because I love what people are reading, what they're watching, what they're listening to, what they love, what, like what has inspired them. So is there any specific resources that come to mind that you'd like Mm -hmm. to share with us? This is going to sound a little off the beaten path, but the past, like I would say four ish months, I have just only watched RuPaul's Drag Race. I started, (laughs) I, I was given the advice to start at season five and I have just plowed through a ridiculous amount of seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race. The artistry is incredible. It's so funny. And like, they are just winking at themselves throughout the whole thing. And it's, it's just great. And it makes me feel good. And honestly, I do feel like it, it feeds my creative soul. I know that sounds a little weird, but it's true. (laughs) So if you want to see some like amazing drag, get into it. It's really fun. So that's number one. Let me see. Okay. I would say book wise, big magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, like kind of changed my life. I read that right right around the time that I found copywriting or right before. And I was like, holy moly, it spoke to me in just really real ways. And it's probably time for me to reread it. I feel like it's one I can come back to like time and time again. Yeah. Those two are coming to mind. I mentioned at the top that creative pep talk podcast, which I've just really been loving lately. So that one's been top of mind as well. And yeah, journal guys, just do it y'all. It's, it's good. It's good. And you'll, you won't regret it. And yeah, don't worry about the results just about showing up and letting it out. 
Mm, that's beautiful. Thank you for that. And lastly, where can people find you? Where can they find your copywriting work and follow along on your multi-hyphenate artist journey? Yes, I definitely show the multi-hyphenate life and just like living in New York City in general, I feel like a lot on my Instagram. So that's at Carrie Lynn Catone. Also on my website, it's CarrieLynnCatone.com. That has all my copywriting stuff. You can send me a DM. You can send me an email. I also have a newsletter that I send out every Friday. It's really fun. Just kind of talk about different areas of writing or marketing, or even just tell a little story. I mean, I kind of do whatever I feel like. And then I usually share tips at the end that apply to whatever the vignette that I shared uh, above. So you can get that. I think if you go to the link in my Instagram bio, there is a link to sign up for uh, the newsletter as well. Oh, fun. Yes. I will definitely be adding myself on that list, but thank you so much, Carrie. This was so much fun and just Yeah, really fun to talk to you about writing, marketing, copywriting, all of the good stuff. So thank Thank you. you. I adored this. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed that episode and thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please feel free to share it with a friend and tell them what inspired you. Or if you'd be so kind, you can rate and review the podcast. And when you do, I would love to gift you my free guided writing meditation that will connect you to your creativity, yourself, and your spirituality. Just go on over to my Instagram at Leah Van Doren. That's L-E-Y-A-V-A-N-D-O-R-E-N and send me a screenshot of your review and I will send over the meditation and I would love to hear your thoughts. Stay inspired, stay creative, and keep shining your creative soul.